Everybody says you're left or you're right, or maybe you're somewhere in between, or maybe you're a crazy and you're further out left than the left or further out right than the right. But if you notice, the expression is all on one line, and it's defined by these two notional points. Welcome to Podcast C. Um, this is a very special episode uh, to us. We have, this is the first episode we have a guest. We have a very um, important guest here and his name is George Pieck. Did I say that right? I say Pack. There's a story Peck. to that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So George Pieck, he is a previous U.S. diplomat, investment banker for 20 plus years, head of the loan capital markets of Mellon Bank, and he likes to be known as um, student of social theory and American patriot, right? Yes, indeed. (laughs) All right, George. So today, I think we just kind of going to be talking about, um, first, me and Shally, we love politics. That's something we enjoy a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But as much as that, I think it has so much to do with our background, but at the same time, it's us coming here and seeing what, really it is about and learning more about it so today's topic we're gonna i'm gonna start with um of course i'm gonna let you a little bit talk about yourself mm-hmm. and then we'll i'll ask you a few questions here so go ahead and introduce yourself sure um as you said i've been, i was i've interrupted actually 20 <laughs> odd years as an investment banker with seven years as a u.s diplomat mm-hmm. um and people always ask me where did i serve but what i say is when i served was more interesting because the soviet union fell right in the middle of my seven years in, in the foreign service oh. as a diplomat. And I maintain that you could tell the before and after difference in the mm-hmm. way we went about things. And that set me to thinking, as I've always thought about things about the American nation, but that set me to thinking, why are we doing this differently? What's missing? What's, what's different? And that leads to the kind of discussion that we want to have today. Yes, mm-hmm. which we want to start with, what is the American nation? Yes. It's a very... It's a very deep question, right? But we just kind of want an answer for yeah, it. No, it is a wide question. We know that because it has a a lot of history and a lot of hiccups in the middle and a lot of uh, conflict even in the ideas of what people think the American history looks like. Mm-hmm. But if you can just, uh, you know, shorten it up in an idea for our young generation to understand it well, that'll be great. Sure. And I don't want to slight all the different things that happen and all the different feelings people have. But the thing that's so important to me is to remember that the nation was founded. It conceived itself Mm -hmm. in the Declaration of Independence. And when I say that, I mean, lots of nations say, well, if we could just get rid of X country that's that's ruling us that shouldn't (laughs) be, or if we could just, you know, uh, unite the three different parts that make up our nation, then we'd be free. There was no such nation in America until the Continental Congress. There were a bunch of British colonies. Okay. Sometimes they competed with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and in, in fact, Benjamin Franklin tried to get them to coordinate before the Seven Years' War, something called the Albany Plan, and they wouldn't. They couldn't. Oh, okay. So um, there was no expression of a single thing, a single entity on this continent until the Continental Congress that ultimately wrote the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. So. 
that's a background that says there's no no proto nation beforehand. Right. Now in the declaration we said it's very it's very short. Most of the declaration is just a list of complaints about what the British did. You, yeah. yeah, you mentioned you've read it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's not that long. But when you actually read it, almost all of it is they did this, they did that, they did the other thing. That's why we want to be free. But you forget that at the very beginning it says when one people is separating itself from another people, that says something. That says right there, this is now a people. Mm-hmm. Whatever else they were before, we, these representatives of these colonies that used to bicker and compete and ignore each other and whatever, we are now one people saying we're separating from another. So you're saying just by writing this on a paper, that's when the nation That's the came first together, expression of right? the nation. And then they said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Mm. Now, if you really look, they just said there's one people. And they said, we hold these truths. And nowhere else do they say who we are. Okay. Okay. And then what they say is, what, what are these truths that we hold? One, all persons, I'll paraphrase it directly because the language is a little archaic, but mm-hmm, all right. persons are equally endowed with certain rights that, you, that are unalienable, unalienable. It means you can't give them away if you wanted to. Nice. And those include life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And to secure those rights governments are created, which is to say governments exist for the sake of the rights of all these people. Mm -hmm. If you think about it before then, every government was a king or a hereditary ruler or a clan head and rights were things that they say, oh, now you have the right to graze three cows in the pasture. They were privileges Mm -hmm. given by the ruler. And here they said, no, governments secure the rights for the people, the people's rights comes first. And that's what the, that's the only expression of what the nation has been. That's not to say that it, ma- you know, that it does matter who has been given access to right. these rights by the current society, mm-hmm. who didn't, um, you know, why did we do this? Why did we do all those things are part of the history and part of who we are, but there's no other expression that says that's what America is. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, mm-hmm. wow. That was a very kind of a deeper um, kind of way to think about it. But to in today's world, um, whenever you look at the TV and it's like the American nation and as a U.S. citizen right now, it's like, do I am I entitled to be part of that American nation because so, I'm a U.S. citizen or but sometimes between the lines, I feel like I'm not right in a sense. But. Yet I am. I have. I have. I have the right to vote. I have the right to do, to 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 practice my my rights, my privileges, Absolutely. right? Um, which I think, uh, it is. So whenever, because whenever you were talking about it and how it came to be, it kind of that was kind of history. But I feel like a lot of the people through the time, it kind of just keeps taking different shapes. Do yes. you right? The expression is very abstract. Mm-hmm. Um. An abstract thing is funny because to live, you have to put, if you will, meat, living meat on the abstract Mm -hmm. bones Mm -hmm. of the principle. Um, Otherwise, it's just something floating around in the air. At the same time, living meat, you know, might be take any number of forms. But when you have a principle guiding it, a principle underlying it, a principle that you believe, then it has a certain meaning that it didn't have before. Right. So had there not been a, had they not, I, one, one game I play is if you were to take that sentence out of the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. we're separating, 
you did all these terrible things to us, Britain. So now we're independent. Mm. Uh, I actually put a mind game in some of my writing. You could actually have the, the revolution more probably proceed about the way it did. Mm-hmm. And then you would have a bunch of colonies that now call themselves a, a separate country at the end of the revolution. You would not have this expression of unalienable rights in government to serve that serves to secure them. What would America then look like without that? It, mm-hmm. I think it would be very different. All these rights would have to be established by politics. Mm-hmm. Politics would involve all the nitty gritty. And one indication of how difficult it would have been, if you look at the American Civil War, yeah, there were ideologues in the South who said, some of our people may have signed that language, mm-hmm. but that was a mistake. Mm. And John Calhoun, who was the leading ideologue of the Confederate States of America, said, no, what we really are is a union of states and all the states have to agree on anything. So therefore, the North can't say no slavery unless all the states agree. agree okay. And therefore, we have the right to secede if not. And what Lincoln very specifically focused on was to make sure that this nation, as he said at Gettysburg, so dedicated and so conceived to rights and equality this nation must endure. And that was the whole point of everything he said. The Gettysburg Address does not use the word slavery. Oh. But it does say at the end, government of the people, by the people, for the people. Mm-hmm. And, that, and he does reinforce the fact that we said all persons, all men are created equal. So that's an illustration of why it makes a difference that we had that sentence. If he yeah. didn't have that sentence in the Declaration to refer to, it would have been a pure, if you will, spoils of war question. Well, we won, so we get to make the new rules. Mm-hmm. There is an underlying principle. And I would say that even people who do things that violate its spirit, mm-hmm. um, in the conditions that they're at, most of them, if you look, they're trying to say, well, I do mean that, but only, but the rest, but some part of it doesn't work today for some reason. And that's where I get to the question of development. Right. Okay. In 1776, lots of places practiced slavery. Um, A lot of our place, actually almost every colony allowed it in 1776. Mm. And some people really used it. And then as things developed, as people got more secure, as economies developed in other ways, then only those parts that still needed slaves for their well-being stayed with it. Um, and that, of course, comes with all kinds of prejudice and, and, and uh, discrimination. Um, it took a very large trauma to undo it. What was the last, uh, what was the last like, state or part from the USA that was done with the slavery? Like the last part of it? Oh, it was at the end of the Civil War mm-hmm. uh, with the 13th Amendment. There was, was the 13th Amendment made, I forget the exact language, but you cannot have, there is no such thing as slavery mm-hmm. as of the passage of mm-hmm. the 13th Amendment. If you watch the movie, um, what was it called? About the end of the Civil War mm-hmm. uh, with Lincoln. Te- was it the team of teams or was it about Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis? I think it was about Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, it gives the exact politics during the Civil War in the North of yeah. passing the 13th Amendment, outlawing slavery. Um, and it's saying now the Constitution, the Constitution is the legal document that carries the spirit of the declaration carries a lot of other things too, Mm -hmm. like any legal document does, but they made it a part of the 
uh, part of the foundational language of the decla- of the Constitution now mm-hmm. that said no more slavery. Okay. Yeah, so, um, and in practice, of course, we have just in the last few years learned to understand Juneteenth, right? Which was the last I think f- notice given to the last slave populations that you are no longer slaves. That's why now, it came to now, be a holiday. Now I know what does um, what does this celebration exactly about? No yeah. one ever like explain it to yeah. us. Right. Mm-hmm. So like now you're saying and now I understand why people celebrate it. And, and it should be celebrated. And I'll really. celebrate it more now, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because usually like uh, when we come as foreigns and we we become we hold the nationality of this country, we like to be part of it and understand all of it. But unfortunately, they fail to do that um, when it comes to the test of like your history and knowledge about the country. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's like a really like a redundant questions that you can just memorize and go test mm-hmm. um i wish if they can upgrade it so we can learn more about the history of the country so that's one of the stuff that i don't know exactly the reason they celebrate it i knew it's about slavery but mm-hmm. i didn't know the history behind it or the story behind it well that one's very new so you're up to date with everybody else Good. <laughs> yeah, cause Good. even um like where i currently work it just got introduced as a holiday two years ago Yes. It it not behind. There. Not behind. Yeah. No, yeah. no. It was not even there. But see, like, did they explain? Did they make like a whole stuff about it and, for and for me? I work at. They did a very good job explaining. Yeah. Um, it was good. a whole um campaign started. It was a lot of uh, it was in the newsletter, um, like in the emails and there was yeah. yeah. But but to like now I see, like I knew it was a celebration, but now I like how it came to be throughout the history mm-hmm. as you were talking. Well, and I like to talk in a way that refers back to the declaration. So when I say Juneteenth is the day that the actual slaves, I think the last mm-hmm. ones were formally, were told in practice, you are not slaves. How else would they have known? There wasn't, you know, there wasn't an internet back then. Oh, right. Okay. That was following on the 13th amendment, okay. which was passed by the, con- by constitutional processes during the civil war. And that amendment brought our practice into line with the spirit of the Declaration of Independence, which defined the nation, which Lincoln oriented the war to preserve. Mm-hmm. So I always like to try to take it back to the Declaration because I think, I think there's an awful lot of discussion that people have where they assume things about the Declaration, mm-hmm. but they don't think about it. And then that's how you get diverted from what it is okay. to, into other things, in my opinion. So from that whole uh, declaration and whatever was written in it and the whole foundation that was built for this nation, right? How far we are from all of what was really built to be in the declaration comparing to like when, when, when they write it down to what to it? Like, are we living it? Yeah, basically. Are we like, how far is it as a percentage? Do you think we still have like 20% only or are we still like using it 100%? Yeah, that's a funny one. Um, it gets almost into philosophy here. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, an abstract concept you will never fully realize, right? It's like the idea of infinity. You'll yeah. never get there. Um, on the other hand, um, any ideal that you want to live by, the question is, do you keep making progress? Mm-hmm. Uh and of course, there are many different opinions on whether you're making fast enough progress or too slow or if, or if too many people really don't care. And that's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that we have to contend with. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's why I get into the question of development, because what 
most people, when they say development, again, we referred to this. My favorite book is about, about this is by, sorry, Go ahead. by an economist slash philosopher named Amartya Sen. And the book that I quote is titled Freedom as Development, or maybe it's Development as Freedom. Sorry, I don't have that right off the freedom top. Freedom as Development. Okay, book. Freedom as Development. And what he says at the very outset is you have development. People talk about GDP per capita and how many roads and industrial output. He said, all those things are just indicators. The point of it is that when people develop, they develop the capacity mm -hmm. for people to live as they choose. Mm. And if you think about it, um, if everybody is just scratching the dirt and praying for rain, they don't have a lot of room to choose what they want to do with themselves. Yeah, of course. Um, industry brings all kinds of dislocation, made all kinds of people miserable in many ways, but then it gave a large population of people a cash income that they could then choose among the other things that are being offered that industry produces. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's a degree of freedom. He, uh, Sen talks about a story. He's from India and in, during the, during the riots in in the late 1940s, he says when he was a child, a man came into their yard all beaten up and they eventually drove him to the hospital and died. He was a Muslim laborer. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew there were riots going on that day. Why did he have to, why did he have to be out in the street? Yeah. He couldn't afford not to go to work. Mm. So if there were more prosperity and he were richer, he would have been able to stay home and not and get not beaten be up. So there's an yeah. unfreedom that he calls it. Okay. And if there were more development, then maybe he would have been able to stay home. So, which is to say, all these things happen over time mm -hmm. and in many ways and by all kinds of messy political processes. The Civil War itself was a step of development, mm -hmm. which tied to other kinds of development that came to a particular identifiable point mm -hmm. where we were then able to take a very big, yes, very delayed sure. step in realizing part of our tenets of our of our of our declaration mm -hmm. there are others that are still ongoing that and 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 woefully behind um are we still progressing mm, that's is question. somebody and 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 how do you define progress because you know one person will say well you know um we still have racial discrimination so we're 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 not in compliance mm -hmm. somebody else will say well but uh, you know if you correct that racial discrimination then then you're making somebody else lose their ability to do something. So mm -hmm. that kind of argument will always go on. What you have to remember is that it is a developmental process. And the most important thing to me, especially now, is that people realize that we have this same abstract concept that we're all interpreting differently, but it's the same concept. And we need to remember that that's the core of what the nation is. Otherwise, if we don't have it, then there's no reason for us even to talk to each other. True. That's a good point. So, um, there is, so that was your answer to, um, I hope it's intelligible. What is, what <laughs> is the American nation? Um, yeah. it kind of, you just took us back into the fundamentals and you kind of answered it there. Um, the other question that we want to kind of just right. address, um, do humans have, true free will <laughs> and the reason i raise it <laughs> is that we have we say we believe it's a self-evident truth that everybody has rights mm -hmm. well um what is the point of rights if people don't have 
free to free will. If right. you know, even if you're a, even if there's laws oppressing you and all that, if you can say I want this, and even if it's an illusion, mm-hmm. but if you say I want this, doesn't that matter? And that's part of the question of whether or not free will exists, right? Mm-hmm. Does it? Does it? You know, does it? If you, is it an illusion? Does it matter? There's re- there has been research that shows how you know your brain does things before you decide to do it, and then there's other research that says. Well, it's not quite clear cut. And there's always debates about everything. Huh? Right. See, right. but like where we're from, our people always view the USA. It's like you're gonna have the true free will in this country. And it's kind of that's how it's kind of viewed. <laughs> which and then you come here and then you realize for me, it's it was kind of more like get into the system. Not just that, it's you have so many options. Mm-hmm. You can be lost yes. to a point. And I think you even forget the idea of the free will because you have a lot of things, a lot of um, options, a lot of, a lot of opportunities. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of just opens up everything. And then you realize the idea we had when we were there, it's very limited. Mm-hmm. But then you come here and it's kind of like... Mm-hmm. And what do you do with six brands of tea? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Exactly. So yeah. there's just so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the question. The question that always comes up is, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What's the mm-hmm. p- point of it? Mm-hmm. And so much of daily life, of course. I mean, we all have bodies that have to be fed, jobs that have to be right. worked, and all that. And it never goes away. Mm-hmm. I mean. Free will is not, I can do, you know, I can decide that I'm a, uh, a cloud that's going <laughs> to, you know, float away. Um, it means that you have impulses that no one else has the right to suppress. Okay. Uh, except, except for the, if there's a matter of other people's rights being violated as right, well, then that's right. what government is. Uh, I, and, and that is one point about our country. When you say everybody has rights and you say government exists to secure those rights, then you have to have what's called a social contract, mm-hmm. right? I can't, I may be as free as I want, but um, if nobody cooperates or respects each other's rights, then nobody will have any rights. That's the right. old state of nature argument. So implied in our creed is this idea that we have a mutual interest in each other having rights, and that's a social contract. Mm. And that's what our government's supposed to be based on. That's why we had all these elaborate processes for adopting and then for amending and for implementing the constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, so that takes you from the abstract principle into that question of government. And it, but if you look at it at the bottom of it, it's because we believe in rights. And if we believe in rights, then the only reason for rights is that you have something that they should be, it should be exercised without yeah. other people's constraint. Exactly. Yes. Right. So, now that's, can you prove it? No. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite biologists, Ed, 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 Edward E.O. Wilson, mm-hmm. he writes, you will never be able to prove it by external. It's like, it's like looking at an electron. If you look at it, you've changed what it is because it's inside you. Mm-hmm. So if it's an article of faith that there is free will, it's not an unreasonable article of faith to have, I think, by, if you accept Wilson's view. And um, it'll be a long time before anybody disproves it. Um, so we might as well keep doing it. Is, uh, we might as well keep um, living as though we really do believe in this declaration.
So, uh, in your opinion, with all what was built from the Constitution, going through the Civil War, to what is the USA currently, with all the politics and a uh, couple presidents or whatever politics um, like roots come and decisions come to take this experience and, you know, send it to another countries around the world to, hey, check our freedom, you need this, uh, use, the, use whatever we experience and apply it there to have the freedom and to have the democracy and all that. Do you think all the nations around the world or there is a lot of nations that can do what, what, what happened here in America in a really smooth way or it's going to be a problematic just like when they try to do it in Iraq, when they try to do it like in Afghanistan? There's a number of things that have to be said to answer that. It's very complex. Um, as I said, our concept of rights and government to secure rights is an abstract. Mm -hmm. And um, abstracts have to live in the circumstances where people are, right? And so the question is, how much can you take living conditions and, if you want, move them in the direction of that abstract principle? Mm -hmm. We have adopted that, and I think unconsciously we still believe it. So that's, if you notice, everybody who argues with each other, they're claiming somebody's <laughs> rights. Yeah. Okay. So we keep that in our own dialogue um, as an unconscious thing that we all believe and share and have that article of faith, even though most of us don't fully say it or realize it in our minds. Mm -hmm. Other nations, well, no, there's, there's a faith, an article of faith there that every person wants to be able to get to that place. There is also a fact that not everybody has the, the circumstances to live as they choose. Sure. Um, and, and, and in fact, uh, a lot of the circumstances that they live with are satisfactory at that point because mm -hmm. that's, that's what you can get. I mean, it works. It works. Um, the, the environment, you know, means that you have to have certain things that maybe in another environment you don't need. And so development is a matter of how these circumstances change mm -hmm. and how much people will then be able to live as they choose. And yes, we, we have that desire to live as you choose as an article of faith in us. Mm -hmm. How that goes to other countries and other cultures is as complex as all the different other countries and other cultures and, and stages of development. And, and, and I don't mean to put that in a way that development people say, you know, what are the circumstances that people live in? That matters a lot. That matters so, so much. Um, right now, if you look at uh, the world, there are maybe 20 or 30 countries where everybody, everybody knows they can go to the grocery store tomorrow and get what they need for food. And almost everybody knows that they can go there and buy it. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, a lot of those countries are the ones where they have regular elections, where people accept the result, where where laws are determined by, by relatively impartial people mm -hmm. and, and there's, a, there's that kind of order and everybody feels that they can say what they want in the street. Yeah. Um, does that mean that you have to be rich to have that? Some people might say, oh, well, this freedom stuff is just, a, is just you know, these, these rich countries' invention. We don't believe that. The question then becomes, how do you show people that there's value here even amid their circumstances. And that's, 
that then then what happens when you start getting into that discussion is you'll immediately get into the politics of it all. True. Yeah. You know, and then different people have their different interpretations and then they'll tie it back to some vested interest and then it becomes lost in the muddle. So I like to take it back again to this is our faith. Yeah. Lots of different opinions will happen. Mm-hmm. Many of them are valid. Some of them will not be. But but um, we compare it to the question of what we believe as our core founding conceptual premise in this country. You cannot impose freedom on anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a contradiction in terms. Um, you need to show that your own case where you live this way is viable and competent, which is why this debt ceiling thing has me particularly upset because we'll, sh- you know, why wouldn't people say, oh, you have all this, you, you have all, all of what you call democracy and freedom. You can't manage yourself. What does that say? Yeah. So it's very important to me that we manage this properly. It's also important to me that we get beyond the polarized political dis- discourse we have, because I think that's a lot of what impedes our ability to govern well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it happens, I think that the first step to do that is to remind everybody that they have, that all their arguments and all their differences, they're still citing one way or another, the same principle. Right. So it's very important to me that, that we remind people that that's something they share, even if they don't think they share anything. Nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to ask a question because yeah. I think as a... Let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> as a kind of a culture, right? It's, it's kind of moving to a certain direction here in the U.S. For example, um, at work, it got couple I think a couple of years ago I am a person that likes to talk and just hear other people's opinion but I can hear at workplace people would take me to the side and be like don't talk politics mm-hmm. don't talk politics mm-hmm. and the same time knowing that the person I'm discussing it with we're both having a very valuable conversation I'm learning about point of views and I think it's very healthy mm-hmm. right not necessarily toxic um and but I do want to know like politics today like that became such a sensitive thing that it's kind of we're becoming muted in in workplace and different yeah. places to not talk it became super sensitive and i feel like it upsets me mm-hmm. that it's this way because that's we live this mm-hmm. this these decisions and the people that makes these de- this decisions and they decide on so many so many points and so many things that we live it daily mm-hmm. so in order for a younger generation to be more open to have these conversations, um, without it going, um, are you a Democrat or Republican or going straight to that? Mm-hmm. Are you blue or red or how can we, how can we, I don't know how, how, how can, can we diffuse I, that a little bit? Yeah. And yes. kind of make it back people, to be natural. Basically. People like, can approach fine. it in a way where, how can today's generation think about politics? How can we rewire that, right. that thought? Well, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> how do you actually do it? Um, you know, you'll see any number, of, actually a lot of people, write ideas about how to do this. There's, there's one book that said, oh, we should have rank order voting elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there's another one that talked, there's a, I just finished a book that uh, 
very vehement that it's all about teaching civics at starting at the under at the uh, elementary school level. Lots and lots of people are perplexed and want to find ways to do it and have devised things. My concern is that for all the argument, mm-hmm. there's so little awareness and so little mindfulness of that common creed underneath all of them. And almost all of them, mm-hmm. almost all the political positions, not all, but almost all, eventually come back to somebody feels that somebody's rights are being abused. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, obviously, anybody might feel that some right of their, you know, in a, in a country of 330 million individuals, <laughs> yeah, that's a Lord knows opinions. what it's going to be that somebody's <laughs> right. going to want. But there is, um, there is, I think, a reasonable way of seeing when it's serious and when it isn't, mm-hmm. if you will. And the trick is to make sure that, well, for me, a starting point, the only thing I could think of is to start by reminding everybody, here's the common, the common creed that we have. And then um, I'm actually trying to put together a book that says, and remember, there's twists and turns to the idea. You know, it doesn't mean you can, as I said, you can't turn yourself into a cloud. You have to deal with right. real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is abstract, so we have to recognize that nobody's going to prove anything, but we have to validate it. Um, there's a lot of, th- of understanding that we have to do but at the core is this principle and the first step is for people to see that so that they recognize that um that we're still one country even if you think Mm -hmm. you're really diametrically opposed to each other 99.9 percent of those people are still at the bottom believing in personal rights and the government supports those rights that's the first thing then you get into the technique of how do you get people in a place where they can accept somebody else saying something mm-hmm. that runs against what they've been saying. That's very hard. You both came to one of our sessions of our new effort yes, in Pittsburgh. It was, it was really part of the goal is to just, it's so much of the intangible part of the goal is to set an atmosphere where people are comfortable, yeah. where people hear each other talk and, and don't, don't jump on each other. Um, and then how do you, keep that going it's a very hands-on practical kind of thing and there are lots of people who have ways of doing it yeah um my wish is that more and more people would find those spaces encourage those spaces orient it to the fact that we have a common common premise to this country yes and i think from just being at that discussion it was really refreshing how many younger people we saw there they were talking me too we were just kind of Every time somebody talks, we would like look to see like a cross and it's somebody very young and the people that they felt they can ask the questions they wanted to ask and they felt they can um, give their thoughts and idea and and give feedback and kind of like a no judgment zone. It felt like we liked it. It was very, it was nice to the point towards the end, me and and Shally looked at each other like we need to come to the next one because this is very nice. Because at my age. Even people at my age, and I'm like in the 30s now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even people at my age still think that, oh, you listen, you're into politics. No, politics is still back to you being human and living because you live in a system, you live in a country, you live in 
like around people who have opinions you 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 live somewhere where there is rules and you have to follow so you have to get yourself to listen to the most updated news mm-hmm. what the rules is there so a lot of people in my age even don't even care about this mm-hmm. like they're so busy somewhere else when at least part of your day you should read the news mm-hmm. or know, they want to be away something. from it because know what's wanna... going on around the world right so I, uh... seeing basically seeing even people yeah. at like ahmed age who's now like basically in the 20s right he's there he's asking questions and it's deep questions about even a conflict that i've never heard of <laughs> politically yeah. i was so shocked i was so proud and i was like this need to happen in a wider maybe range or or more often because we need to educate ourselves and the new generation about what's going on it's not just about fun and tiktoks well for starters you're doing this and i'm really again yeah. thank you for having me for this because this is it it's Thanks every for little in our invite really every we little thing it. that any person does and you never know um the world has gotten all these means of communication mean that so many people have a a voice that can be heard somewhere that a hundred years ago they didn't have yeah. and that means that all kinds of people now say oh well i could say this you know so the world has gotten much more complex it's become harder and harder to channel yeah. these things on the one hand that then means that people are vulnerable to being pulled into factions mm-hmm. yeah. on the other hand it means that more people are there putting it out and over time perhaps if we if we create these places where real exchange can happen that mm-hmm. people will develop of their own uh, momentum so that's the goal um and you never know where it comes from my 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 little comment that i put somewhere in something was um you know they say that if a butterfly flutters its wings in the himalayas that could mean that there's a rainstorm in yeah. kansas next week the butterfly yeah. effect right yeah um that quite likely applies mm-hmm. in my mind True. i mean if you get into quantum physics and the big bang theory <laughs> you know if i think something that maybe alters all these quanta out there yeah. and maybe something happens in, in, in existence that that we'll never know any more than the butterfly knows that he caused a a, a storm in kansas sure. yeah so so whenever you which you answered my question really really well but i think yeah. a lot of people also avoid it yes because maybe they don't have a really good knowledge about it right yes. which that's i think the basis of it but whenever you go on facebook they have a very loud voice of just yes put in these comments and i mean i personally feel like i can say things online that i don't think i can say face to face to somebody and i'm and i i count myself as somebody that's really vocal yes but i feel like there's certain things we can just it's easier to said to, when it's you're behind your phone than it's face to face but i think I think a lot of people are kind of getting pulled from just reading the tweets and reading the comments and then they choose a side. Yes. And it and that I feel like that shouldn't be the influence on what mm-hmm. what side they should go with mm-hmm. um because I think that's I don't know it's harmful. Technology and the internet communications networks have posed a huge problem. Yeah. Every way that anybody ever thought of sharing opinions. Yeah which were themselves not perfect 
Mm-hmm. But any way that anybody ever had to do it in what was considered an orderly way has been blown up. Mm-hmm. And in 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 historical scale has been blown up very suddenly. Mm-hmm. I mean, call it 10, 15 years. That's very fast. And right. and the degree to which people have access and, 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 and are confronted with huge masses of uh, opinions that they have no idea what's behind them. That's it's, it's, it's a very, very new thing in human experience and it's new for everybody in the world. So, um, I have no answers except to say I, my attempt is to say in this country, we have this thing. Mm -hmm. Remember, you really do believe this. Um, and let's find ways, find good settings to actually talk. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and it's very difficult because very many people who think something like that will then say, and you should be out there doing da 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 And then all of a sudden you have another political argument. And then, <laughs> and then the left and the right will say, it's well, very... that means this. And then the other side will say, no, no, it means that. And then you're back to square one. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very tricky. I feel like there is, and especially because of the, a lot of, there's a lot of channels and there's a lot of stuff in the media. A lot of people who probably, you don't know their background right. or what their opinion or what they are meaning to say, basically, they now are treated as a source of information, mm-hmm. which you know should not be, right? Mm-hmm. So we are so confused when it comes to where I get the source, like the right information. Where mm-hmm. do I get it from? And that's something else that really affects our generation, how we think. Yes. And I think that's how we become so opinionated about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no, this is not black. This is going to be green. Mm-hmm. And she will say it's black. And I'll say, no, I say it's green, right? Mm-hmm. Even about this, we'll argue in the internet. Mm-hmm. And because of this social media, and I, I don't know if like we should have some more regulation on it or we should have some law when it comes to uh, who become a source and who's not and verify <laughs> it way better. but. Um, that's that make our generation really lost, not like yours and my dad mm-hmm. generation, who are like they have an idea. Mm-hmm. Again, they go back to the common stuff that they can gather people with, and mm-hmm. instead of bringing up stuff that will put people in different directions. It's very difficult. One of my, I I I don't want to call it a rule, but one of the things I wish is that more people who know something would share what they know. And at the same time, recognize that they only know what they know. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very difficult because everything relates to everything else. So if I know that, um, if I know that uh, a default would mess up what we call the risk-free rate in finance, um, I might say that. And I might say that means that you risk the whole economy locking up because nobody knows how to price anything. Right. But then for me to then say, well, the Democrats should do this and the Republicans should do that mm-hmm. is not what I know. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that's one of those lines. But it's it's very hard. It's very tempting. And there's always that little, well, what if I said, what if I said, yeah. well, we should cut spending, but we should raise the match. Yeah. And then you're right back into the, back into the, into the mess. Yeah. Because when I hear people say all the time, since this person's in the office, X, Y, Z going to happen. But if that person was in office, this would never happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just, it kind of defaulted into these like certain things, which I don't even know how it came to that point. But I think, I believe that's what makes it, making it really hard for people to get into politics because they think they already know how things run mm-hmm. and they have these default things that, you know, yeah. and it's. Well, current politics which has two sides yeah. that then turn everything into a question of their side versus the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, there's a great book called The Politics Industry by Michael Porter and Catherine Gell. Michael Porter is a Harvard Business School professor, mm-hmm. and Ms. Gell, I think, was the CEO of a company, mm-hmm. and they analyzed politics as from a business perspective, mm-hmm. and they point out that these two parties are actually just there to keep their own market share. Mm. They say they want to win and they contest and they win, but their real goal is to keep their support networks intact and strong. And that Mm -hmm. means that, well, lots of analyses, what they do with their money, where they orient their messages, why they do what they do. And and they are self-perpetuating machines, more interested in themselves, in their own self-preservation and promotion than anything else. Uh, and you notice I can say that without pronouncing on any of the uh, opinions that any of them have, which was a great part of their book was they get to explain it that way. Um, how you undo that, the, what we've ended up with as a result is um, you have, everybody says you're left or you're right, mm-hmm. or maybe you're somewhere in between, or maybe you're a crazy and you're further out left than the left or further out right than the right. But if you notice, the expression is all on one line, mm-hmm. and it's defined by these two no- notional points. True. But the world is actually four-dimensional. It's not all on one line. These two groups have managed to dominate the public discourse in a way that nobody thinks of it except as you're either one or the other or some mix or some extre- extreme. And I think like exactly what so you said. True. Yeah. <laughs> Like now thinking about it, I think as long as like this side is making problem with that side, this side is alive and this side will stay alive also. doesn't yes. matter. So they keep each other alive, even though they are like disagreeing with everything or acting like they're disagreeing with everything. I 100% and it's agree. It's discra- like a distraction. We can't think of anything else but right. that right. line. I, I, I 100% agree. They have an interest in each other being there to fight against. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so again, the hope is that we can say, well, whatever they say, these two sides, there's an underlying thing that yeah. we hold in common. True. And that should open more people to think in terms of the whole three and four dimensions and not just the line yeah. defined by these two points. Are, you know, how does that happen? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you, only, you only flap your butterfly wings and yeah. try to do what you can do. Absolutely. We're just going to, each one of us has to kind of. Mm-hmm. We hope we'll be the butterfly today. I'm sorry, it will be like a Your little butterfly. bit of a windy <laughs> yes. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, do you have any more questions for him? I do want to, I know you have your book coming up, which is. Well, I'm trying to I finish it. I keep saying it's coming up and I need to stop saying mm-hmm. that, it, which is going to be the common conviction, right? That's the working title that I have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, when do you think. What is your book will be about? It's basically the, uh, presenting this idea. Mm-hmm. And the tack that I take is, one, the principle, as I've said to you. Mm-hmm. Two, walking through some of those nuances, like it's abstract, it's faith, so that everybody understands. Um, three, taking some of the expressions that we throw around, like democracy. Well, what, what do we really mean when we're talking about democracy? Mm-hmm. And recasting it in terms of the declaration itself. Then. This thing has to work in life as well. Mm -hmm. And there's no way I could actually say it, but I take a couple of cases where I've worked and say, you know, you could imagine maybe running foreign policy this way. Mm -hmm. You could imagine maybe uh, financial people 
using this standard in this way. Not to say that you should do what I'm saying, but to say but that there's a, a scenario, thing you can basically. picture so you yeah. can actually apply this thing. That's nice. That is nice. And then, and so the idea is that it's an idea. It can work, can make real life. And by the way, it does all kinds of things for us if we make it work right. And Do you have like a, a rough date to when your book will be maybe finished and then released? Well, I will try to put it to publishers next quarter. Nice. Oh, that's exciting. That's, but, well, <laughs> Finger crossed. Fingers crossed and much, much work. I mean, uh, people who really are writers say that you live for your, you live for your rejections. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few words to kind of, um, what will you, you know, just to give certain um, advice to today's generation of what is your call to action? for younger people um, when we think about politics, when we think about, mm-hmm. you know, just, what do you call it? Policy. Right. Foreign um, policy. I, 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 I am very hesitant to make my call to action <laughs> because then it's about me. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and, and I'm hoping that, I'm hoping people will just be willing to listen and say, this is what we are. And there are ways that it were very much, I'd like to have discussions like this with mm-hmm. many, many people. Just like this. Yeah, right. there's, there's no wrong. tension. We I'm just want to learn. I'm so glad that you're willing to talk to me like this. I mean, no, this is very, um, this is very refreshing. And I feel like is, I feel like our, our, our generation is coming more like we're so tensioned and so angry all the time. And I think we just need to loosen up a little bit and just understand mm-hmm. the fundamentals of everything because we think we know a lot, but we don't. We just know a little bit, right? right? Just the tip of the iceberg. And to give more people more information and more background is another whole huge problem. Um, but it starts with whoever whoever is ahead. Uh, our speaker that you came and saw, Ollie yes, Wine, mm-hmm. I particularly was glad to have him because he has a different take. He said, okay, he's a, he's a grand strategist. Yeah. His yeah. title is geopolitical macro strategy officer whatever at eurasia group i mean it doesn't get any grander strategy than that (laughs) right his whole thing was everybody talks about great power competition let's review what we're competing for Mm -hmm. yeah it was was such a good point why are we competing with these two countries Mm -hmm. yeah does that tell us how to you know he says let's back up and think about that and and he says what is america's affirmative purpose and i think we were into that but when you yeah. when you were there so yeah, it was amazing no yeah. i was so glad that i, I got his we, book too but, his yeah. book. but if you find people who have that a different take and yeah. even if it's not as as favorable to what i want as him but the more different well thought out takes that you so get. what do you call the discussions that you're doing currently uh well we've does it have like is it like a committee that has a name we have created my friend jonathan hill has mm-hmm appropriated the name on the internet and with whoever you register with the Pittsburgh Committee on Foreign Relations. Okay. Um, we have both been active in an umbrella group called the American Committees on mm-hmm. Foreign Relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a long history to that, but hopefully this becomes a, a chapter of that. Now, each of these committees, each and other groups like it, all have their own way of organizing. We're hoping to have um, a combination of informed presentations such as Ali Wine, such as yes. the gentleman before him a couple months ago who talked about training troops in Ukraine. Yes. Um, and others. And then we hope to also have that integrated with real discussion among people. 
possibly with discussion and groups. And it's we'll see. currently for free, right? People can join currently. Until, currently, until we're inviting point. people to come, and we're hoping that it turns into something that can become a an organization that has funding resources and support. We'll list more um, information mm-hmm. in the bottom of the episode, so people can maybe take advantage of it if they're in the region, Pittsburgh, in here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a P- Pittsburgh Committee on Foreign Relations site. I think it's okay. Peace. I think it's cfrpgh.org. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you Google Pittsburgh Committee on Foreign Relations. Yeah, we'll see. try to put the link yeah. and some information. Because some... I feel like a lot of people need to know about this because it's just such a good thing. And it's and it's very um, unusual to see things like that happen. So if, you know, because oh, I started you. telling um, people at work about it. I'm like, you know, this thing exists. I'm like, oh, like that's different. It's not like a. Well, we are just now organizing it. That yeah. was the second event. We're. You know, we're we're doing it ad hoc to see if we can get people to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're trying now to start figuring out how to turn it into an organization um, with all the risks that it turns into something, sta- you know, all the, all the things oh, you have to do when you're building you. something. Yes. <laughs> we all hope this, luck. you know. Well, you'll hear from us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We will. Um, I guess. Um, I don't have any more questions yeah. currently, but probably definitely in the future. <laughs> Do you have any questions for us or anything? Oh, geez. <laughs> I've been talking so much. But um, no, I, I was so glad to see you that, at that. Did you like the tea? That's a question I did not ask you. I love the tea. Yes, <laughs> I love it, honey. Much. I know. Thank you very much. How did you get the idea to do this? She, it was hers initially, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or me and Baha and everyone here, Ahmed, too, we're trying to help as much as we, we can. We have alive. a lot of tea time at home. Okay. Like in the afternoon, like after lunch, I think between like five and seven. That's we, we do it multiple we, times a day. Mm-hmm. We can do it like. No, but the one that we are, we all gather. Usually, like yeah. My parents. Five to, between five and ten. So that's we always we have tea time at home. <laughs> right, Baha? Okay. Always. Yeah, and through um, through us having tea, we get into deep topics and we talk about different things, and we realize that tea really brings us together. That's a wonderful yeah inspiration. And, for, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we decided to call it podcast tea, so that way we can okay. drink tea and just make this more mm-hmm. as a an actual podcast because mm-hmm. a lot of things we talk about we. You know, like you have a really good conversation. You go like, oh, if we like recorded this or what did we say? And there's a lot of great ideas. Um, but we just decided to kind of, you know, kick it as a real podcast and just talk about things that really matters. Well, that's as good a stab at any at uh, diffusing some of this as, as yeah. having people talk, yeah. having people see people yeah. talk. True, true. <laughs> right. Yeah. I agree like I'm that. someone who's usually like, don't like cameras i don't want to mm-hmm. be on on somewhere on show but <laughs> she kind of like pushed me towards it more mm-hmm. uh, it's like we need to be out there we need yeah to when there's no camera i talk more freely I'm, I'm i encourage myself more to be open and talk right. and everything but when i see camera i'm like you know mm-hmm. i get a little bit scared but mm-hmm. well there's a time and a place too yeah I mean, yeah you may want a setting where you can say to people who you already know all kinds of things to see True. what they what, what how it goes and yeah you might not want to share that with everybody. <laughs> True, you know? no. Yeah. So I guess we answered a lot of um, questions that I think I think you summarized it very well with great answers here. And um, but hopefully uh, through our hopefully coming up discussions, and if there is an opportunity to have you on another podcast um, episode, would love to have love you back. To. You're going to be more than welcome, <laughs> of course, to be here. 
Yes. Thank well, you so much, George. With this tea. <laughs> thank you. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Thank Thanks, you guys, for coming for, up. for running this. This is wonderful. Uh, this guys, is mm-hmm. yeah. like, share, and subscribe, please, uh, with your friends and family if you're interested. Follow us on um, a lot of the social media we have. Uh, we're on Apple and Spotify and YouTube. And hopefully... We're trying to be more. more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank yeah. you for watching. Thank you so much. Thank guys. you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Great. That was really great. Thanks. That was really fun.